Last week we talked about what it is to be thirsty spiritually, what it feels like when you just don't have enough spiritual water, enough word in you, enough truth in you to, to water your life, to drench you. This week we're going to talk about what a life looks like when there is an abundance of spiritual water, when we have enough of God in our lives to drench us. This week we're going to talk about living in the overflow when there's an abundance in our life. What does that look like? Our scriptures this week are going to come from so many different places, but we're going to start with John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life, the word used there is zoe, and have it to the full. John, 1 John 1, 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Same word there, Zoe. This life, Zoe, appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, Zoe, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Now John 1.1 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was life, again, this word Zoe, and that life, Zoe, was the light of men. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, guys, can I tell you that the words in this book change absolutely everything? If you have been, as we talked about last week, in, in that spiritual dehydrated place where you are tired, helpless, irritable, restless, sluggish, tearless, and have begun yielding to things in your life that you thought you would never yield to, I come to you today begging you to drink of this word. Drink of this word. Paul used the words, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, and that is what I'm saying. I believe this so much. I have seen this word transform so many lives. My life is a miracle. The enemy did everything he could do to turn me against God. He set up roadblocks, snares, accusations, pits of sin, pain, and disappointment when I was a very young child. He wanted me to hate God and he wanted me to loathe his house. He wanted me to forsake the God of my youth. He wanted me to fail, to fall, and to keep on falling. He wanted me defeated, distressed, depressed, and victimized by this world. Oh, but guys, these words, these words of Zoe, the words of life that became flesh and dwelt among us, changed everything. Simon Peter had it right when in John 6, 68, we, we hear him say, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I hope you have a Bible in your hand right now because I want you to understand what, what you have in your hands. When nothing could change me, when nothing could reach me, when I was broken, when I was wounded, 
when I was damaged, when I was lost, when I was searching, and when I was thirsty. These words became life to me. These words of Zoe renewed my mind. They restored my heart and they redirected my path. So today I have to talk to you about a life drenched in Zoe, drenched in the word, drenched in grace and in truth, in fullness. And I beseech ye therefore, brethren, to grab hold of this. Grab hold of the words of life and be changed. Not just you, but you and your children after you. Let's talk about Zoe for just a minute. You know, John 1, 1, when we said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In him was life, Zoe, and that life, Zoe, was the light of men. Remember we talked about that Zoe was the state of one who is possessed with vitality, who is animated, who is full of life, both essential and ethical. It says the person who is is experiencing Zoe life is experiencing life real and genuine, active and vigorous, devoted to God and blessed. It is a life full and resplendent. I love that word. Resplendent in word, rich in logos. Oh my goodness. In him was Zoe, and this Zoe was the light of men. Guys, he came from the Father full, pleres. He came from the Father full, pleres, of grace and truth. What was he full of? He was full of caris, that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, grace of speech, goodwill, loving kindness, and favor. Okay, that would be enough. He came full of these things. He came from the Father in this full state. He was full of caris, and he was full of alathea, the candor of mind, which is free from affection, pretense, simulation, falsehood, and deceit. Listen to that. He came from the Father. Pleres caris alathea. In him was life, full of grace and caris alathea. The essence of the life. He was full, covered in every part, covered in every part by an uncommon and extraordinary Zoe. Full of caris alathea full of that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, goodwill, kindness, and favor. That was the life that was in the word that was with God and was God, who came and made his dwelling among us. He descended to earth with arteries pounding with cares alathea, and that is the testimony that's spoken of in 1 John. This eternal Zoe witnessed and brought forth in awestruck testimony and reverent truth. You see, we are supposed to live an extraordinary life. A life covered in parisos Zoe, covered in every part by grace and truth covered in every part by grace and truth. 
I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to literally see this in your mind's eye. The word that was with God in the beginning, filled with all of this richness that I just shared, resonant and resident, flowing through him, full, full of grace and truth. And he comes to earth, carrying that fullness in flesh into the realm of mankind. All of the joy, all of the pleasure, all of the delight, all of the loving kindness, the favor, strength, increase. This is who and what he was and is. He was Zoe abounding in grace and truth. And he left glory, the presence of his Father, and became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And they tell us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only. Oh, guys, do you understand? In your hand is the testimony of this word you hold the keys to an extraordinary life, a life of the sacred and uncommon, a life of deep grace and profound truth. Because when the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, he brought with him Parisos Zoe literally drenched in Caracelathia and you hold it in your hands. It is the light of men. Do you really want to live the kind of life that God has made available to you? Do you really want a life that is saturated in grace and in truth? See, that is a drenched life. There is a life that is steeped, soaked, layer upon layer in the living waters, the living word. This is a drenched life. It's an extraordinary life, and that's what he is offering to us today. We don't have to be thirsty. We don't have to walk in lack. We can live in this drenched presence of God. But I want you to hear me when I say this. A drenched life is not a life that has no trial. It's not a life that doesn't experience suffering. If that were so, Jesus would not have suffered and would not have faced the trials that he faced. A drenched life is not a smooth life. It is a wet one. Do you want to know what it looks like? That kind of life? So that the next time you see the words live drenched, you know exactly what the charge is and you can get the bigger picture. Well, let's talk about that for just a little bit. When you see this on our posters, on our signs, on our bulletins, on our website, what does it mean to live drenched? What does it mean? Tell somebody to live drenched. A drenched life is discerning. There's a level of discernment to it. Discernment is the ability to judge well and to perceive in the absence of evidence. To judge with a view to obtaining spiritual direction and understanding. 
I told you guys this a long time ago. As a child, I used to pray that I would not have discerning of spirits. I didn't want it. I wanted any other gift, just not that one, because my mom used to freak me out talking about some of the things she would see in the spirit. And it was the last thing I ever wanted. And probably the first thing that I needed. But see, this discernment that I'm talking about here today in a drenched life, it's a different kind of discernment. Though I'm sure he could drop a few glimpses into the spirit realm in there if he wanted to. But the kind of discernment that comes from living a drenched life, a Zoe life, steeped in grace and truth, is a discernment that helps you to rightly judge your situation. How many of you know that you can rarely judge a situation based on what you see? And you can't look at people and know their heart. This type of discernment, birthed of the word of life, it, it gives you a deeper view, a deeper knowledge, a greater wisdom that is born only of the Spirit of God through the Word of God. Through the Word of God. You see, the Word of God is such an amazing clarifier. It makes things so very clear. And, and in all honesty, that's why so many people do not like it. The Word of God is not an opinion. It is truth. And most times we do not want truth. We just kind of want people to agree with us. And guys, I'm, I'm just going to be honest here. The Word of God is hard because it is pure, because it is holy. We sometimes have trouble looking into it because it reveals our dirt. And, and we just don't like that. So we just try and explain the word away as if it were simply words on a page, the words of men, because I promise you, the words on these pages did not come from a mere man. They are God-breathed. Psalm 12, 6 tells us, And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. And the word of God is flawless truth. For those who like to think otherwise, I, I just pray for you because the enemy has stolen some of your security. He's taken away part of your foundation, the absolute faith that this is the word of God. See, this drenched life that we're talking about, the discernment that comes from being steeped in the word of God, this discernment that comes from God will guard your life. It will protect you, cause things to go well with you. Discernment, as the scripture tells us, gives us an understanding of the fear of the Lord. And within that, we find a greater knowledge of God. And guys, the more you come to know him, the more everything changes your life changes. You gain spiritual direction and understanding. Discernment comes from being in the Word of God. The second thing that I would like to talk to you about in this drenched life is, is refinement. The Word of God refines us with impurities or unwanted elements having been removed by processes. And all I can say to that is, yes, Jesus Please, Malachi 3, 2 and 3 says, For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Oh, man. 
Does anybody have any unwanted elements in their life? Anyone have any impurities, any secret sins? Anybody got a past that they just can't overcome? A reputation that you can't do anything about? Is anybody just tired of feeling dirty and used and abused? And does anybody out there have an accuser on your shoulder telling you everything you've done wrong? Isaiah 1, 18 says, Come now, let us settle this matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. His blood washes away our sin. But his word does this continual washing on the inside of us, a renewing of the mind. When I came back to the Lord after a pretty long season in the world, I knew that he had forgiven me and that he had taken my sins away. But I needed his word to continually wash my mind to get rid of the world mindset. The garbage that I had been a part of, the things that I had exposed my heart and my mind to. He had to purify my mind and my heart and my emotions through the washing of the water of the word. Ephesians 5.26 says that he cleanses her by the washing with water through the word. I just wonder how many of you are saved, but you still carry the residue of your old life, just covered in old residue. You need the refiner. You need the removal of the dross in your life. So in this drenched life, we are discerning. We are being refined. And the next thing that we find is that he is establishing us. Discernment, refinement, establishment. To be established is to take root and to begin to grow well. To be given permanence. To be made firm and stable. To, to be set up. Listen to this. To be set up and put into a favorable position. Does anybody need that? Psalm 90, 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Guys, how many of us need to take root? How many of us have been withering on the vine? How many have felt like there's no stability in your life? Maybe you have been, I don't know, maybe from a broken family or you're in the middle of a broken marriage. You were a foster child, a prodigal, a, a wayward, and you have this constant fear that the rug is going to be pulled out from under you. You keep waiting on the next shoe to drop. Is any anybody hearing me out there? God has an establishing work to do in your life through the amazing, living, unchangeable word of life. You need to get the word unchangeable there. If you will allow his words, his unchanging words to become water to you, if you will drink of them daily, repeatedly, I promise you, you will find the fear leaving you. A new security will come into your life along with these words of God. He will establish you. He will make you firm and stable in your life, in your work, in your walk. 
with him. He will set you up for success and he will put you in a position of favor. Do you need that? It comes through the word of God. It comes through being drenched and steeped in the word of God. Discernment, refined, established. And the next thing I want us to look at is that we are nurtured. We are nurtured through this word. This particular word means to be given instruction which aims at increasing virtue. Your whole training and educate, I'm sorry, your whole training and education cultivates the mind and morals. Think about that, man. To have our mind and morals cultivated and employees for this purpose now commands and admonitions, reproof and punishment. Hmm. It employs for this purpose commands and admonitions reproof and punishment. Why? To promote the growth of, to furnish and sustain with nutrients, to maintain and support, to be well fed. God wants to nurture you through his instruction, through these words, these commands and admonitions, the reproofs and the punishments. He is nurturing you. He is nurturing you. See, this is not what I expected when the Lord gave me the word nurtured. It seems like such a soft word, such a kind of spoiled word, but it isn't. It is not about God coddling you and babying you. It is about God growing you upright. To be nurtured, according to the word of God, is to be taught to be rebuked, oh my goodness, to be corrected, to be trained, to be disciplined with the purpose of increasing virtue. (laughs) To be nurtured by the word is to increase virtue through training, discipline, and educating yourself regarding the word of God. It literally cultivates, it breaks up the soil Oh, Lord, some of us need this. It breaks up the soil of our mind and morals and works within them truth that will maintain and sustain your spirit. Guys, do you know that there are moral absolutes? Do you understand that the commandments are not suggestions and that the code of conduct laid out in the scriptures It is not just a good idea. Ephesians 6, 4 says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Do you want this for yourself? Do you want this for your children? Mm -hmm. To have discernment, to be refined and established and nurtured. What about the next thing? What do you know about your calling? What if getting in the word of God will help to establish you in your calling? 2 Peter 1.10 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort, every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
I'll tell you what, this is one of the most common questions that I get asked. Just what what am I called to do? What am I I just don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life or can you tell me what I'm called to do? What are my gifts? Guys, I don't care how many books you read, how many personality tests you take, or, or how many spiritual gifting surveys you put yourself through. Only God can make your path clear. He is the only one who can settle you in the middle of your calling and can bring these gifts flowing out of you like water. God, through his word, reveals you to you. Remember that deep calls to deep. Well, his spirit calls to you and awakens within you your bend and the things that you're leaning toward. Um, I say, what do I mean? God in someone else can awaken the God in you. Um, have you ever watched a speaker or a minister and everything in you, as you watch them, all you can do, everything inside of you just trembles because you recognize something in them that is calling to the deep places inside of you. Beth Moore's always done that to me. I mean, from the first time that I heard her, her teaching anointing, her knowledge of the word, the gift of poetry that she had, it just, it just shook me. It frustrated me. It compelled me. She, her gifts, what God has done in her life, awakened something on the inside of me. The depth of God in her called to the depth of God in me. See, it's the same thing in the Word. It will awaken the calling on the inside of you. It will frustrate you and comfort you at the same time. You want to hold it in your heart and push it away at the same time. It's like you desire it, but you don't want to deal with it. It is precious and sacred and trustworthy. And within the, the pages of the Word, you will find Him awakening your calling. You'll find his will. And when you find his will, you'll find your calling. And once you find your calling and are established in it, you can grab, hold, dig your feet in, really, I mean, and just begin to make forward progress in your walk with him. Discernment, refinement, to be established, to be nurtured, to be called. These are all of the things that we find in a drenched life. The next thing that we find is that when we spend time in the Word, when we, we find ourselves drenched in the Word, we will find healing. How many of us need healing? How many of us need to be healed? Um, and I'm not just talking about physical healing. This type of healing that is brought through the word is a healing that is to make whole, to cause to become sound, um, with distress and anguish alleviated, to be put right. Man, I think all of us need that, to be made whole, to be made sound, to have our distress and our anguish alleviated. Oh yeah, I'll take some of that. See, he sends his word and heals you. Psalm 107.20 says, He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. 
Matthew 8, 8, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. See, God has a healing for us that is not just a physical healing. It is body, soul, mind, spirit. There's nothing like this healing. When he sends his word and heals you, you are healed. There's nothing like this. Nothing like the kind of healing that I'm talking about. Doctors cannot touch this kind of healing. Do you need to be healed? Do you desire for God to just reach in and make you whole? Oh, some of us just need to be made whole. So this life in the word, this life, this Zoe life drenched in the logos of God, it will bring discernment into your life. It will refine you, remove the dross from your life. It will help to establish you. It will cause you to be nurtured, to be disciplined, to be trained. It will help you to define your calling and it will bring wholeness and healing into your life. Now let's just take it just a step further. All of those things come from the word. And then he adds to it encouragement. Do you know that the word of God will support you? It will give you the support you need. It will allow you the confidence that you require and desire. It will increase your hope. To be encouraged by God is to be advised, to be helped, and to be stimulated toward your spiritual development. Oh my goodness, there's so much in that when God encourages us. Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Guys, do you understand that his words give us hope? The words in this book, they teach us about higher life, a greater calling, a purpose, a destiny that he has for us. See, within these pages, we find our past, our present, and our future. Guys, you don't need a psychic. You don't need a horoscope. You don't need tarot cards. You need the word of God alive and active on the inside of you. Do you understand that you seek a word from a stranger because you do not have enough of the living word on the inside of you? You decide that a lion or a scorpion or a fish can tell you who you are, how your day's going to go, rather than the living, breathing word of God. If you will allow the word of God to be your encouragement, you will come to understand that God is good and that he is in control and he wants what's best for you. His encouragement is that I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Uh, understand, guys, the word of God will encourage you. Oh, discerning, refined, established, nurtured, called, healed, encouraged, and now finally you are given depth. 
The word of God will take you into the deep things of God. You will be given a depth. This particular depth means to have a propensity for higher thought, extensive knowledge, intensity of emotion, greater compassion, and enriched understanding. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Psalm 42, 7 says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All of your waves and breakers have swept over me. Proverbs 18, 4 says, The words of the mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. Proverbs 25 says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Guys, the deeper the word, the deeper the water. The more shallow the word, the more shallow the water. And shallow water leads to a shallow life. It is a life that's filled with huge concerns and very little faith. A lack of word or a shallow amount of word in your life means that the world still has a hold on your time and on your priorities. You say you want to know God, but you don't read the biography. You say you want to know what he has for you, but you don't take the time to read his last will and testament and find out about your inheritance. I don't understand it. You say you want one thing, but you do something that is completely contradictory. If you want him Pursue him. Go after him. If you want a life that is discerning, refined, established, nurtured, called, healed, encouraged, and given depth, that is the life that the word offers you. That is the Zoe life, drenched and rich, running over with truth and grace. That is what the word brings into your life. All of this is available to you. It's available to those who will take their place. Those who will decide that they are tired of living a thirsty life. You see, if we can grab hold of this, grab hold of the words of life that sustain us, we can be that generation. We can live the Zoe life that was promised to us. We can be changed, we can be touched, and we can grow up. We can live drenched in grace and truth, living the life that is the light of men. And guys, when that happens, the whole world changes. We have to choose to live drenched. And I just wonder, Will you make that decision? Will we be that generation? Will we see a revival of his word in our own lives? Will we press? Will we lean? Will we partake? Will we drink deep? Will we live drenched? And I leave you this week, just as I left you last week, with a poem. Here I am again, sweet Lord, my vessel parched and dry. Moistened only by the tears, I have no strength to cry. 
My head too heavy, Lord, to lift. My feet too sore to stand. My back fair bent with burdens great. I hold forth an empty hand. Rivers of your life I seek. Water enough to fill. This vessel then to drench the cups of all who thirst and will. Springs to wash away the drought. Fresh rain from your throne. Do so sweet. Please wash these feet that I may kiss your own. Wash away all trace of dust. Wells of water shout. Come closer still. This vessel fill. For I must be poured out. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Father, just to be able to share your word. And God, I ask that as your word is released, I ask, Father, that you would do a work in our hearts, Father, that we would desire you more than anything else. Father, that we would run after you. Father, that we would seek you with our whole hearts, knowing that we will find you. And God, I ask for each who listened to this teaching today, I ask, Father, that you would create in them a deep desire for your words, for your truth. And I ask, Father, as they press into your word, that you would drench their lives with your grace and with your truth. I bless you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.